Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, hello, amigas, and welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit. All right, amigas, last week we had a beautiful soul, uh, a male who really gave us the download on legacy and construction. And today we're going to talk about the tech world. Isn't that cool? Isn't that exciting that we get to listen to different individuals who are making a change and impact in our lives in so many degrees and levels? So today we're going to be talking to a beautiful soul. Her name is Teresa Gonzalez Lovaco, and she is the founder and host of Latinas B2B Marketing and Podcasts. And so Teresa has worked within Silicon Valley's largest technology companies on strategic sales initiatives, technology partnerships, and new product marketing. Her consulting business and podcasting production is focused on providing the guidance, skill set, and strategy to help women-owned business that is struggling to build stronger customer engagement, online marketing, so many things, and brand awareness, of course. So she says, let's serve the community and, and show a vision, a cultural vision. And with that, we get to lift our stories and influence big businesses and government and uh, encourage them to provide more services for communities of color. She's a badass woman, and I'm so excited to have her here. So without further ado, this is my friend, Teresa Gonzalez. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay, amigas, I'm excited to have this beautiful soul. Her name is Teresa Gonzalez. And what makes her special is that this woman, I feel like she has broken the code out in the tech world, literally. <laughs> she's, gonna, she's, gonna, she's going to talk to us about all the ins and outs, her experience in the tech world. Uh, she's a Latina podcaster. Um, she has Latinas B2B marketing. 
uh, strategic sales. I We have so much to discuss. I'm just going to write in, talk to her how this all magically happened. Because Amigas, she's from California and she's from Fresno. Mm -hmm. And she was introduced to the tech world along the way. It wasn't like her parents were techie. It wasn't like her grandparents were techie. I mean, literally, like she's from the ground up. So what I want to know and that my amigas want to know is where are you from, Teresa? And welcome, welcome, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you, Jackie, for having me on your show. Thank you for that introduction. It was wonderful. And um, I'm very humbled by that introduction. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I, I'm in tech. And, you know, what did you do to get there? And it's true. I didn't have a, you know, uh, a modeling you know, uh, folks, parents to get into tech, they didn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't even go to college. Um, so it was like, how, you know, where did I learn? I'm the oldest of, you know, three sisters and one younger brother, third generation Mexican American from Central Valley, Fresno, California. And, you know, I basically said education is going to be my pathway. Mm -hmm to break cycles of poverty. My mom was a single mother. Um, you know, her and my dad were married very young. Uh, they got married before the Vietnam War. My dad was drafted. So coming back from, you know, that era. So now that you know, I'm dating myself here. That's um, okay. I'm your same age. They all yeah, know how old yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, I always say, you know, Chicanosaurus here. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, there was a big... Um, you know, shift in civil rights and how people viewed their whole existence, almost like where we are today, in a way, post pandemic, right. um, you know, and all the civil unrest that happened, right, it takes one big event to make a shift. And that was it for my family. So my mom became a single mom with two kids out of high school, had no skills, struggled for a long time. Um, you know, she remarried, but that was kind of her economic way was, you know, and then she had to learn skills and be stable. And for us, it was a bit, you know, rocky there for a minute. Um, and school, like I said, education, I think she knew that was going to be the pathway for us. So we did, my grandmother never finished high school. So, you know, when you talk about the cycles of poverty and economic disparity in the community, especially in Fresno, California, which is predominantly Latino, Mexican-American, you look at the industries now that are really uh, cemented there in the valley. Um, there's a lot of Latinos that are supporting the biggest economic force in the entire world, which is agriculture, but yet we're not the owners of ag. So my thought process became, well, I can continue this cycle of just, yeah, whatever, let it ride. You know, let's see what happens, you know, with boyfriends out of high school and try to go to city college, or I could really try to change my dynamic because I saw a lot that was not looking too good for me as far as prospects and actually how to even get into college and fill out forms and what are grants and I had to wing it a little bit. I knew City College was the easier path. And then I knew my dad lived up here in San Francisco. He kind of, you know, 
reimagined himself as a civil um, activist. And, you know, San Francisco and the Bay Area is a big part of uh, civil activists um, in the Black and Brown community, as well as, you know, the gay rights movement, human rights. Um, there's a lot here. So naturally, I was attracted to that in some weird way. I don't know why I just was, <laughs> but, you know, I, but the main thing that drew me to the Bay area was, um, curiosity in arts and music because I, I did, um, have a little bit of a music background. Oh. Um, I was in the band and I, I was learning the flute until someone stole my flute and, you know, that was a gift. So I, I couldn't oh, afford sorry. another one. So it was kind of like, okay, that kind of left. But I always loved music and it still stays with me to this very day. As a podcaster, uh, audio is very much a big part of my quality of, of production, I would say. Um, but going back to my journey, I just said, hey, here's another chance. Um, I didn't know anybody except, you know, my dad. And, you know, based on my upbringing of just, moving around a lot with my mom, it was kind of easy to adapt a little bit, but um, school was really my focus when I came up here because I'd have no distractions because I knew nobody. Mm. That was a big deal. Yeah. So that was the big shift up here. And I would say art, curiosity, and music played a big part of that in the beginning. And that's how I met some really cool people. You know, I'm not going to say what age it was, but then I became very curious about a lot of things here in the Bay Area, like art and what people were doing and lots of d things were different. You know what I mean? Outside yeah. the valley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, small town girl going into this mm -hmm. huge city. I mean, even though it's only seven miles radius, but it's still right. huge, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're coming yeah. from a small town. I mean, because Fresno, I mean, we have a, a warehouse. My family, we own a company and mm -hmm. one of our uh, distribution centers is in Fresno. Mm -hmm. And so we've been to Fresno many times. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. It's like predominantly Latino. It's a very agricultural town and it is very small. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, back then it was small, but now it's over a million people. It's predominantly a college town, you know, all the sports. Sports is a very big driver there uh, for a lot of higher education. Mm -hmm. I was involved in sports as well. So I do know that it is a, a pathway also into college and a lot of other colleges outside of um, the area. So again, if we focus back, it's education mm. is the main key, right? Right. Um, and that was, you know, third generation, I'm just learning that. So if I thought, you know, and I think back to all the cycles, you know what I mean, of conversations that were never had about that, the legacy of even thinking you could build a company or even be in an innovative industry was, it's not even, that wasn't even top of mind. It was, you know, how the rent's going to get paid and, you know, are we going to be able to afford groceries? Yes. That oh. was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so now let's talk about, okay, you, you bring up education and I think it's super important. I always say that is at least an opening, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to take action in, in being educated, like use those tools and take action to be wherever you want to be. So 
here you are in San Francisco and mm -hmm. then you went where, what, what was your next step towards education? Yeah. So I knew that I was going to go to college. Um, I wanted to go, you know, to San Francisco state. Um, they had a great program there for, um, Latino, uh, you know, studies also and business. And, um, you know, there's Haas and Berkeley, of course, but, you know, again, the mindset, I didn't see myself going to Berkeley. I didn't know I could go to Berkeley. I didn't think that I had money to go to Berkeley. So I just said, oh, you know, San Francisco State has some good programs. I'll just try that. And, you know, sometimes that is perfectly fine. It's, um, you know, San Francisco State has a big history there, too, of political upheaval. I mean, they protested during the, you know, 70s right there on the quad. And, you know, that's why there's a lot of Latino studies there. Um, and, you know, they have a radio uh, communications program that was very big. Um, so, I mean, there's just all these things that began to peel back like an onion, right? Um, San Francisco State was going to be my graduating alma mater, and I did that. But business was a focus for me because I said, I have to get into a job that's going to pay me a good salary so I can live my life if I don't have a man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course... <laughs> that's that's the trajectory of a latina right well that yeah that's it back then i mean I'm it still it's is today <laughs> i mean you go to your you know your abuelitas your tias whatever it is you know back in the day and still today first gens even too you you see a lot of your primos and they're like hey you know when are you gonna get married when are you gonna <laughs> have kids you know it's like jesus like Right. you know, like what's going, there's, you know, what's going on with the data, you know, it's like, why is that the focus for us? It's like, yes, we can have a social life and get married, but why isn't it like, Hey, you know, what's going on in like tech or, you know, what do you, what do you think about your job options, you know, or school or, right. you know, what do you think about, you know, I don't know, something that is not focused on like, you know, cementing you and, sacrificing yourself further yeah, uh, yeah and living your dreams I mean I don't know I mean it's taken me this long to get here to realize that yeah but you know um you just become a role model afterwards to your you know nieces and nephews right and so I'm the oldest I do have a lot of nieces and nephew and they're all going to college. Good. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, they're all on that. Some of them have graduated already and, you know, some of them are still on their way. And the big focus is now, you know, the educate, you're going to do this, you're going here, this is the pathway. And the future is thinking about higher education and what you want to do with your life with that foundation versus just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you did with your life, you decided to go through the tech world. Yeah. So the tech that, world. How did that intrigue you? Why? <laughs> yeah. So, well, going back to the curiosity and art and music, 
when you think about the foundation of, you know, all the big tech companies that have started here, right? Google, Apple, Facebook, right? Besides them being white men, they all had a circle of curiosity, art, and having these experiences of, you know, um, being in, how do you say, integrated into other cultures and I want to say experiences. And what I mean by experiences is they had the luxury to be in spaces that were creative, to be out in uh, nature and to explore and to have psychedelic experiences that gave them these, you know, thought processes to say, I'm going to create this or I'm gonna develop that, right, with technology. Technology's been around for a long time, especially out here because there's Livermore Labs and, you know, Moffett Field and NASA. So it's kind of like, there is that buzz already and there's that, um, I wanna say mind hive, so to speak, that, that lives out here. But it was like the next generation, right? Yeah. And when you have families and affluence and conversations that can, you know, cultivate that type of thinking, right? That gives you the edge, you know, above and the ability to say, I'm going, and, and I want to say the cajones, right? Mm -hmm. To say, I'm going to go do this, right? I'm going to go step out into this. So there was a, you know, a lot of people in that realm mingling in, in arts and music with those folks. And I just happened to be kind of in that, I want to say dust of like, you know, the circles, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and because, you know, the otherness, right, of assimilation, of code switching, not speaking Spanish, you know, very well, although I do understand some and I do speak very little, it was an accepted, like I was the accepted Latina and then also, you know, whatever else of attributes you would like to associate with that, that, yeah. you know, that might be of interest, but what really elevated me to get into tech was that I had a business degree and my dad worked uh, for an NGO which is a non-governmental organization as an activist for um, the Native American movement. And he took me to Geneva, Switzerland to go to the UN. And I was there for a month with him and worked on a declaration that's actually just being implemented now because it takes that long for a global document to get right. done because it goes through so many people. But um, we did that. and. Because I slapped that experience on my resume, that was like, ooh, oh, she's unique. She left the country. She went to, you know, somewhere that is, you know, not Mexico or, you know, so it was like this othering of myself. And I just said, okay, yeah, I, I just, I want to work here because I think it's cool and I'm fascinated and I need money. That was like my mentality. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay the bill somehow. <laughs> yeah. I got student debt. I got to, you know, <laughs> I, 
I got to start saving money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my mental thinking. Right. And right. that's a lot of people that are in tech too. Yeah. You know, um, they take on a lot of debt if they don't come from a family that has, you know, that lineage. Right. Right. Um, right, right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love this othering concept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you went out of this country and you were able to use that experience as something, a part of your resume. And mm -hmm. that led you to what place? So it led me to um, a tech company. Well, there was a couple of them, right? There was like a little startup that got acquired and it was like old stuff that I didn't know was going to play actually a very big part of what's happening right now, um, which is, you know, data. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was working for a small startup that got acquired by a big company for these data models. I will just put it real simple that yes, way. Please, if, I because... said, <laughs> if I said the, the real like, I don't know. I don't know. Just make it easy. So anyway, it's data. And then from there, I was like, you know, I always had my ears open. And I don't know, I think that's a survival mode too. Your ears are open, mm -hmm. right? Um, like my mom, like my mom used to say, or my grandma used to say, not my mom, my grandma used to say sometimes in Spanish. She didn't speak very much Spanish, but when she did, I knew what she was saying. She would, you know, when we'd come into the kitchen, when she was talking with other people, she'd say, oh, like, you know, los oritas are, you know, like they're here, like, like, don't talk anymore. Like the ears are here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So anyway, but that's what I did because, you know, people, you hear the sound that, you know, something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started to think, I don't want to get into like the regular stuff because that's just not me. I'm curious, like I said. So I started hearing about this thing called SaaS, software as a service, right? Platforms. And I didn't really understand what that meant exactly back then, but it, it's like what everything is today. And what I was doing was um, understanding how that technology worked uh, for these big global supply chains. So I was really like, I was very hungry for knowledge. Yeah. Again, being curious. And so from there, I just kind of leveraged that, learned a lot. The VP of sales kind of took me under his wing. Like I'd sit in the calls with him and, you know, I was kind of prospecting for them to, you know, from the marketing team. And then it just became like, when can I get into sales? You know what I mean? And then that's when I realized, oh, this isn't for you, that you're just going to help. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're just going to do like, you, you've got a long way like to go. Admin stuff. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're just going to facilitate, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, oh, and that's when I realized I can't stay here because that's not my game plan. I'm trying to get up the ladder. Right. And, um, you know, but we had, that was a really great job. I have to say, I really liked the people. They were very, um, you know, a lot of those tech companies that are small like that, they're very family oriented. But again, I was the only Latina and, you know, there were other women, but they were in HR 
and you know they were moms and I was a young person and I wasn't a mom so it was like I couldn't relate and I tried but it was just you know okay gotta move on and so I was interviewing and you're gonna die I, I'm still dying and I tried not to think about it but I actually knew somebody and I was friends with their wife and she said, hey, my husband's job is really looking for people that understand what you're doing. And it was Google <laughs> at that time. Well, you know what? It's I always say proximity is power. And yeah, it is. But how you leverage that is a whole other game. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, what do you mean? And so anyway, that led to a conversation about well, what is it exactly that you're doing? Anyway, I don't want to get into all of it, but I was like, hmm, this could work. I'm like, Google, what is it? Like, tell me more about it. And back then, what was it, 2007, six, maybe something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, when they were just starting out. And I keep thinking, oh my God, I could have been a contender for like, you know, employee number 80 or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. I didn't know. And again, here we go. What you don't know, right. Kind of leaves you, but I tried to understand and he tried, he's like, just think of it this way. And this guy was an engineer working there, a software engineer. And they're kind of, you know, goofy and whatever, you know, super nerd. And I loved his wife. She's wonderful. We kind of lost touch. They moved away. But um, because he cashed out, he made a lot of money. <laughs> so good for them. <laughs> but anyway, she, uh, she, you know, and I tried, but they were like, hmm, okay, you know, I, I just didn't really know. But and they were at the time, it wasn't solid. But I knew about Oracle, and Oracle was like a big player in the software industry. So my brain went in, immediately into safety mode. Like this company's safe. I can probably work here, do my thing, and then kind of move on from there. And, you know, looking back again, risk, like I've taken so many risks already. It's like, I wasn't ready to risk at that moment. And that's kind of like where I pulled back when I should have just kept going. Because I think about all the people that take risks now in tech, like I said, it could be a whole different story, but I do not say that my, my journey was um, bad because I was, you know, I had many opportunities and it was a really good experience. I made, a, um, you know, good friends and it just didn't work out the way that I wanted to, because by the time I got to Google now full circle, Google and Facebook, right. Yeah. Going through all of Silicon Valley, working through, you know, big tech to, the behemoths then I said why is it that I'm the only Latina here like I do not understand like what is the fucking deal after all this time and I'm like we're the heaviest I mean this state is over 44 percent Latino and I never see oh I saw one guy and that was at Oracle and that guy was an ass but you know <laughs> I didn't, he was mean. And I'm like, how did you get here? Like you were just like rude and gross. Anyway, they all were to be honest, but he was just like, you know, it was just, ew. 
And I was like, thank God I don't report to that guy. But um, anyway, I digress and I'm back. So <laughs> I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that's how the story goes is that, you know, by the time I got to Facebook and Google, which was, you know, really at the end of 2000, I, I the last year was 2018 I, and all the Trump and everything that was going on in the platforms, I was like, a light bulb just went off in my head. Like, oh, wow, I get it. Like, they don't really want us here. Like, if we get in, there's a role we have to play. Yeah. And um, because I'm like, there's so many Latinos in, in tech. Like, I'm in these organizations like Tecaria. There's these nonprofits, you know, skilling up people for tech. There's, you know, like the guy that I told you that built the recording platform that I use for podcasting, he worked at Google. They didn't even hire him. They gave some job to somebody in France. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you can only be here at a certain level because above that, it's a whole other ball game that you just cannot be a part of unless like you said, you're aligned to power, but then that's a different type of power because then they're talking to a bigger power, right? Yeah. It's all integrated. And so that's where I was like, Oh my God. Like, and I saw all these contract workers at Google and Facebook and most of them were you know, young folks, and they were mostly people of color. And I'm like, why are they not hired full time? You know, I didn't give a shit because I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm just here as a contractor too. But you know what? I'm older. They've got a career. They're like banking on that golden carrot. Like you can get hired here, but you have to come in at a lower pay. You don't get the stock options. You don't get all the benefits. In fact, when I was at Google, and this is where the light bulb really went off, was because we had to wear different badges. We couldn't go to some town hall meetings because of proprietary information. So it was like we were another class of people, but we were doing the same job. And that's how they made all their money. Because when you have 50% of your workforce that is contract workers that don't get all those bennies, mm -hmm. but they're outsourced through other agencies. That's how their stockholders and the elite that get in make all the money. And let me tell you, you could be an English major and be on a team of software technology. And it's because your dad knew somebody on the crew team that's managing that team and that's how you got in. And that's, in fact, how it happened for me, yeah. uh, being turned down for a job. So I'm like, oh, my God, I have 15 plus years of experience in this role that you're hiring for. And this is who you hired. So I got it right then. And I'm yeah. like, this is the reality. And I'm going to talk about it. Why? Because in California, like I said, we're 44% of the population. Mm -hmm. There are no C-suite Latinos in any of those big organizations, mm -hmm. not even barely. I don't even think there's a person on the board, right? Maybe there's one, 
but like, you know, at the older legacy companies, yeah, there's a couple sprinkled here and there. They're men, they're not Latinas. Latinas have the hardest time getting above director level, even a VP. You know, if they get to a VP, that's it. If you get to the C-suite, you have like, that is like jackpot, right? That is like, forget it, right? And even then that you're a purple squirrel. As a Latina where I was, I was a purple squirrel. But when you're at that level, you're like, forget it. You're just like, you don't even see them, right? And this is where I said, I'm going to start my podcast. Mm. I'm going to talk about this because we're the unseen. And there are so many of us doing the work. Uh, we want to close that wealth gap by getting into tech. But then I tell people, you know what? You can create your own tech. Mm -hmm. you, can create, like, you can create your own tech. Other industries need technically skilled uh, Latinos, especially above just entry level. And there's so many free courses out there right now where you can upskill your level of technology understanding. You don't need a college degree. Um, healthcare, education, um, you know, those are the two main industries and manufacturing, I want to say, logistics. Um, you know, we play major roles in there. I just think if we actually built technology for that to disrupt those industries, we'd be talking a different story right now, you know, with those big companies. Yeah. And so that's why I do what I do, because I said, this is bullshit. I've been in this game for a long time. And yeah, I'm not going to, I'm a troublemaker. I ask questions. That's why I ask questions. I'm not like, you know, the Latina that keeps her head down and just is like, you know, I'm just going to yeah. work. And a lot of people want to do that. A little, busy I, bee. A little busy bee. Yeah. Like I understand a lot of people have, they're supporting their families, their abuelita, you know, multi-generational families, some folks like that, or they just like, again, the safety factor. I get it. But now is not the time to play safe. We're going backwards, right? That's my thought is we're, after I saw what I saw at Facebook and Google, especially Facebook uh, and Google, those two, they were major players in the election of, you know, why we lost, you know, or why the Democrats lost and Trump became into power. And now what's happening now, huge, biggest divide in our entire nation. And it's all because of tech. So, wow. I mean, that is a reality. People don't want to swallow that pill. Yeah. But it's, it's the truth. Yeah. Truth sayers get, uh, you know, put aside and said, you know what? We don't want you here disrupting the apple cart because everybody here is a good egg with their head down. And, you know, um, we're not here to disrupt that, you know, yeah. that, uh, that, that vibe. And in fact, that's how they started was to be disruptors, right? right. Industries. It's almost yeah. like they forgot. They forgot. They didn't forget. It's people. It's profits over people. Oh, yes. That's what that, it is. That, that, yep. You're right. Profits over people. It's interesting because, I mean, you know, they too were just starting off and mm -hmm. then it wasn't until they got their big break whether it was legacy or actually just positioning yourself and being in the circles of influence right. that they got started. It, and so they get successful and then what happens? They don't come back and, and give back. They just, nope, 
because now they have to pay attention to the board and the board what wants more money right yeah that's freaking crazy yeah and the and the board there they become part of the board so they never really leave you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like they just kind of hang out until you know that's why that's why the big conversation is if you make your board more diverse you'd see more profitability it may be not high but at least you have a, a even playing field of profitability for a sustainable amount of time instead of peaks and valleys right right but no they don't want to hear that because of you know what's going on behind closed doors is what i'm saying yeah um and um you know i've been on boards for nonprofits and you know i can only imagine for-profit companies when you hold somebody accountable uh to ask questions but that's what the board is for you want people that aren't going to really question if you're making money for everybody you're not going to say hey but are we hurting this community like if we're gonna let's just say um you know cambridge analytica like if we take all their you know software and kind of integrate integrate it into our platform are we going to be hurting like you know communities (laughs) that don't really understand like Is anybody asking this question? No, because they got billions of dollars in ads from that data. Here we go. The data. Yep. From everything that's touched in the internet. And that's how it happened. Because everyone just said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I knew it was going on. And I'm like, hey, uh, why are we not focused here? Right. And uh, Anyway, they're like, Teresa, you know, they didn't even say Teresa. They're like, T, that, that, we're just focused here, okay? They were just focused here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And so you, you, you had it. So you went. Yeah, so back to your podcast, Amiga Handle Your Shit. Mm-hmm. When I got pissed and I couldn't change anything in there or get to another level, that's where I said, I'm going to handle shit outside because, I'll never be able to make an influence out there, but I can make an influence, a bigger influence with influencers and the community out here, sharing the knowledge, telling them, you know, how they can participate in a change, uh, a change, impactful, a social change type of way, right? Uh, Through the most powerful tool they hold in their hand. Uh, what they're actually creating as far as data, which is AI, you are the AI because everything is created by every interaction, you know, that you put into your phone. Nobody's going to get rid of the phone unless you go live in a cave out in the forest somewhere. Right. And I mean, if you're going to go that route, good, but um, you know, the 1%, they don't even let their kids on the phone. You know, they don't let, they have no access because they know. So, I mean, this is the game, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm exposing people might say, oh, she's wackadoo, but it's like, no, I was (laughs) there. I have receipts. Give me a break. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I'm just telling you how it is. Again, truth sayer, they don't want to hear the truth and I get it. It is, it's a bitter pill because it's like, um, you know, like, okay. I mean, people can do whatever they want to do, but I'm just saying, um, they know what's going on. 
So when they're, and right now with everything in Congress trying to regulate things, I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal. Mm. And um, especially right now, but see everybody in Congress, that's why we need more people running for civic engagement, you know, getting uh, into the leadership roles, into their communities, uh, championing more uh, people of color into government, even though you may not agree with government and it's really hard. And this is, I talk about this too. Uh, if we get in there, we can change the narrative. And because you understand technology better because you're younger, you grew up with all this stuff, you can hold these companies accountable. Mm. Because right now, nobody knows what the hell is what. They're, they have assistants that are doing it, right? They're the ones that should be in charge of these, you know, yeah. regulatory committees. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, it's kind of like for me, even I'm not nowhere near anything regarding tech, but um, I do have knowledge of the law and of policies. And, um, and I've always said, it's like, if you want to change, then you got to get involved. Mm -hmm. You can't just say like, oh, you know, they should do this and this and that, but you're not putting any action towards it. So it's important for us to take action in whatever way, right? Because I mean, like you said, you, I mean, you don't need Absolutely. an education, but you got to take action in yeah. some way, in some capacity. So Amiga, I know that you have a company and, and I'd like for you to talk about your company and what you do so that whoever um, is interested in your products and services can reach out to you. Yeah. So I'm not trying to say I'm a dream crusher here for tech. I'm just saying <laughs> you need to get into it, right? And, and it's like, oh, Google's a bad guy. But you know what? It's like they're helping a lot of people get skilled up. So, I mean, there's they're 50-50 in my book, right? I have a lot of uh, women friends that are in, uh, you know, tech communities. And I'm very supportive of them. In fact, I'm the one that's trying. And I'm not the only one. I'm just saying I'm, I'm trying to lift them more into it to say, let's focus here and here in the community right to help them understand and they're totally like on board and they are fire right now and that's the women tech uh makers in modesto and a, a few of those chapters and yeah i mean it's not like i'm saying don't get into tech i'm saying we need to understand it more so with that going in your question my consulting business is talking to women of color uh and you know small in small business uh that want to elevate their game and understanding the technology that runs your business, because there's a whole data story behind your business, uh, the platforms you use, because when you want to scale up, which I hope that's a goal for some folks, and if not, that's totally fine. But you have to understand what a P&L statement is. You have to understand your customers, you know, what's reoccurring revenue or who are your reoccurring clients? How, you know, what is the cost factor of your marketing to, you know, like we have these big conversations, we do SWOT analysis, you know, we look at your competition. Um, how does that all affect you? It goes online because you're searching online, the terms you use. So how you describe your company, how you put your purpose, how you use uh, SEO, which mm -hmm. is another reason why I want to tell people to be very intentional about a Latina, a black woman, 
and associating it, uh, you know, an Asian, you know, Filipina, um, you know, whatever, you know, how you want to associate yourself with empowerment words, because mm -hmm. all the data today on AI is older generated data. Mm -hmm. So all these AI generated, even chat GPT, they'll bring up some things, but they're not communicating a lot of empowerment visuals or uh, narratives, I want to say, of especially women of color. Yeah. Because the historical look on women of color has been different. It has not been... And, and all you have to do is just think, do the math. Google owns 90% of the search market, Yeah. right? Uh, there are no Latinas in the C-suite. There are less than 4% of Latinas in the entire tech industry. And that's for people that are reporting numbers, right? Wow. And that's still dismal. It's yeah. 2023. And chat GPT is here and it's running on old index data. So that's why I try to tell women of color, right? Like let's get, you know, when we're putting out marketing materials and you're using this platform, you know, how do you leverage the data towards yourself, the company and your messaging, right? So there's like three layers. So, um, we talk about that. We talk about revenue strategy and your products pricing, because a lot of people think because you're a woman of color, you can't be a high priced uh, ticket item, right? You cannot have a high priced service, right? You mm -hmm. can't charge for your, uh, you can't charge $30 for your candle, but yet I go to a farmer's market over here, you know, and that's what they're charging. And, and, you know, they're not women of color Yeah. and people are buying them. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. 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 The yeah. lens, the mm -hmm. lens. Right. So that's why it's all, it's, it's all attributed to your brand, your language, your purpose and technology. So that's what I do when I sit down with women to help them be very strategic, intentional about it, but understanding um, that in relation to, um, you know, how you're perceived online, because that's the first place people go when they look for you, right? They look right. you up and they see like, what's going on here? Like, what is it? Right. Yeah. Um, and then when, you know, you give a price, people are shocked and it's like, well, I have like 18 years of experience in Silicon Valley. I've been on like all these initiatives. I've worked at these places. It's like, I know what's going on and I can't charge my price. Like, that's okay. You're not my customer. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Oh, I know you're, oh my God. Uh, it, it, it so lands with me because even when I was like practicing um, law, it, it is your own people that are trying to yes. finagle a discount. And it would be like crazy to me. I'm like, are you going to tell your doctor that you want to be charged $20 for a colonoscopy like what the heck like for I was like just like oh my god we as a community need to stop living in scarcity yes yes mm -hmm. and and help one another so that we each 
can live an abundant life because yeah. we can. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, crying out loud, we are the 5% leaders. I mean, we, the, in terms of economics, we could make the 5%. So how do we rationalize that you can't even pay freaking a hundred dollars, but yet we are very powerful. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's the mindset that we grew up with and that we as a community need to stop it. We really, really need to stop it. Yeah. Like, well, oh, my I- humble, be- oh, my humble house. I'm like, shut the fuck up with the humble house. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have a humble house. I have an amazing house and I am proud and no, like, let's stop using these limited terms. Right. I mean, seriously, seriously. And let's get paid. <laughs> right. I think I think from the mindset though, it's not really you know ours, right? To but it just comes out that way like, oh, you know, I want to save my money. And you do want to save your money, but the whole point is how do you break the cycle of like that scarcity and I don't have enough. It's like building yourself on what your best like um what you have to give that no one else can give right so right now you know I know a lot of so just because I'm a trend watcher and I try to this is what I do in some of the webinars that I'm going to give is what happens right now is because I do a lot of research and that's why I was on the research teams there at Google and Facebook anyway what's happening right now is you know a lot of Latinos are in construction work that is the number one thing that is needed right now for so many people that want to do home renovations that want to, um, you know, sell their house or build or whatever it is, right? How do we get you to run your own business, right? So that you understand, you know, the, the setup, the money, and then how you pay people, because then that all turns into like, how much do I charge? And how much do I have left over? It all comes with budgeting, like understanding that from the get-go. But then you start to to realize, oh, I also can have a voice in the community showing up to chambers of commerce or when someone's running in my district because you have a legal entity and they want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So then you become a person of influence and power even if you have a restaurant, right? And that's the first thing people like to go to is like, oh, I can open up a restaurant. It's like, okay, there's a lot of those, but construction right now is gonna be in high, it's like at such a high high demand right now, you could charge like such a premium price, you know, but it's also based on your experience. So, I mean, there's so much there to uncover, but, a lot of people don't understand that, right? It's like, oh, I can do this for like, you know, X amount of dollars. Well, does that cover your cost for the month? I mean, this is like how you have to think, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's left over for me? Right. The other thing is, you know, when you're creating a product, an artisan product, and I'm not saying imported from Mexico, although a lot of people do import and they do charge a premium price. But the thing is, if you're making something, and it's, it takes you a lot of time and effort. 
that is a high premium price, not $5. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is like, this is the thing, right? I mean, your time, it's a funny thing to say, but your time is money. And if you have some skill that nobody else has, or you can make it so different and beautiful, and it's only one of a kind, then, you know, do it. And here's, I'm just going to bring this example because it's crazy, right? You can buy tamale on the street or wherever, right? At your local market, right? Like why are we charge $5 because it's community, but we have other products and things to sell there. William Sonoma <laughs> is selling a dozen fucking tamales for $109. It can get shipped to your house. Now, you tell me, you make that assumption, you make that analysis there, okay? Are we putting ourselves in a place of, you know, it's for community or is it be, I mean, when you're like the is here, the is there. And it's like, why, how are they even getting away with it? Well, I, I pretty much know that breakdown right there, <laughs> but at the same time, it's an industry. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's an industry. It's a food industry and they're manufacturing it. That's why mm-hmm. I said manufacturing is a big deal right now. Yeah. Yeah. You said manufacturing, education, and healthcare. Huh? Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw that thing with Sonoma, William Sonoma. I'm like, what the fuck? What are we doing wrong? But you're explaining it. You're explaining it. Yep. Oh my God, amiga. Wow. Okay. I know where I the- know is your brain full. My brain is always full. Oh, girl, girl. <laughs> I mean, I knew this conversation was gonna like take us through. <laughs> but you know, I know we we were at the tail end of our mm-hmm. combo, but I really wanted to get, you know, at least one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her ship because Lord knows you've been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know, it's the thing is, it is hard. It's hard when you're just sitting there. And the thing is, you got to, you know, I do it every day. In fact, I'm going to take some time for myself. And that's what you got to do. You got to take some time, handle your shit because it gets overwhelming. Um, and love, you know, believe and love yourself because that is a big deal when you want to go on this journey. Now, even as a mom, I'm not a mom. But, you know, reflecting on my mom and, you know, all the struggles that she did, she never had time to rest. So it was like very deflating. So I would say, give yourself that space, you know, and that's the investment you can make in, you know, having someone take the kids for a few hours just so you can, you know, have some peace. That's like, seriously. And think about like the belief systems um, that you feel are serving you or not serving you. For me, it took a long time. I mean, I knew they were there, but it's like, I knew they weren't serving me. And somehow I knew this is where I was going to be, which is really weird to say, mm-hmm. but it's like a little tickle in your, in your muscles or your bones and your brain, you know, it's like, it's all trying to come out, you know? So don't, don't deny that, that thought or that, you know, yeah. curiosity as I like to say 
Yes, there's that yeah. word, curiosity, mm -hmm. where it all started. Be curious. Yeah. 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 Because you don't know, you know, where it could lead you. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. Oh my God. Amiga, we're going to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, <laughs> I love it up here. Don't get me wrong. And again, I'm not a naysayer, like forget technology. It's like, we have to use it to our benefit. Seriously. Yes. Like we got to start building our table, right? Like yes. we Latinos need to create our next level Google, if you will. Yeah. Or, you know, or how do we leverage their technology to benefit us in our business? You know, and unfortunately, you know, now that they've unleashed their AI thing lab um, now through all their products, it's going to be really difficult to say, oh, it's mine, but it is yours. And um, you, it will help you, yeah, you know, to yeah. get, but if you see something wrong, this is what I want to say. Seriously, if you see something wrong or it's not jiving and you have that gut feeling, say something because that is the most important thing. Don't deny that gut feeling. And, you know, like, yeah, something may happen, but there's something better on the other side. And that's what I learned. Like, this has been a challenge for me, but at the same time, I've met some amazing people. I've learned so much more, like, you know, in getting introduced to you, Jackie, you know, through Marilyn and, you know, it just kind of goes on and on and on. And that's how you build the network in the community. Right. Yeah. So it's, um, I would have never been able to do this probably if I would have still been there. Right. 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 And so it's like the fog, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. The fog. And, and, you know, as you're saying this, I mean, I, I still resonate with this because, for me, like I, you know, stuck in a cubicle, well, in my office or going to court and that's it. That's, that was my only form of engagement. Right. Yeah. But now I'm impacting thousands of people, which mm -hmm. is it like boggles my brain all mm -hmm. because it was courage to say, okay, I think my voice is better, uh, better suited doing something else. Yeah. And when someone wants help, like, how do I get there, right? If you're in a company and you're in a higher position and they, and this is the other thing, and they really come to you, like genuinely, like help me get there. And you don't know that they, or, you know, they don't have that elite degree, or maybe they weren't groomed like you were, so to speak, in these upper echelons of education and society, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to talk to your community here, but it's like, help them understand, give them, you know, be their mentor, seriously, speak up for them, uh, take some extra time and just, you know, because they really want to help, you know, build their community as well. Mm -hmm. And there shouldn't be this fear factor, like, oh, they're going to take my job. You know, it should be in alignment that you're a team or that you're really genuinely trying to pull someone up because we've been here a lot longer. I mean, way before it became the United States. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, we're trying to catch up now and, you know, we've, it's like, it just benefits everybody in the, in the, in the global long run. Right. There's only four languages spoken in the world that are dominant. English, Mandarin, Hindi, 
and Spanish. Mm, and and we if you <laughs> yeah, so if we speak two languages, right? Right. I think the next one is French. But you know, when people are you know multilingual, think about where they are. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, amiga. I, I know so... I'm preaching here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, a lot of mind blowing information. Amigas out there, you know, if you know someone who um, is in the tech field, go, go and find out what's going on. And, and if you want to be part of the tech field, I mean, we need more mujeres mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. And Latinas. Especial. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Go get, you know, if, if you're in high school and you're listening to this podcast and you want to make it big in the tech field, hey, you can come out and reach out with Teresa because she knows everything. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you can build your own club, right? Like your yeah. own tech club. You could, there's things for free online and you, you know, you can, there's a lot of organizations that are supporting, uh, let I call them, you know, Latinitas, you know, that want yeah. to get into the science and math education programs. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. sometimes the schools don't have them. Yeah. But again, they're always on the phone. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. well, we need to stop them from being on the phone. I haven't purchased a phone for my daughter. She's 11 years old and she keeps like, mama, no, no, we're good. We're good. See? Yeah. It's <laughs> It's, it's benefit, tell her it's beneficial, trust me, especially yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but some of us, you know, it's like, I think about when we were latchkey kids, you know, I mean, the television was, you know, now I'm really going back there, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That will be another conversation. <laughs> All right, Amiga. Well, I really enjoyed this uh, episode and Amiga's out there. Reach out to Teresa for any of your marketing that you need, any assistance in that. She's She knows it. She knows everything <laughs> about tech. I well, I just know how it can help you. I don't know. I'm not a coder. I don't code. That's the thing. I don't code. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Some people do. Like, I'm not a techie person. It's like, if you have an iPhone or a cell phone, you're a tech person. That's oh, it. Bottom line. That's bottom line. Well, Amiga, thank you so much for being here on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you for having me, Jackie. Have a wonderful june which is coming up right that's yeah. a beautiful summer month and i hope everyone stays safe out there for the summertime yes absolutely thank you same to you okay take care you too bye, bye. thanks for listening to this week's episode of amiga handle your shit podcast if anything resonates with you today please share it with your friends and subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.